Good morning. Good morning. What up? It's me. It's your boy. It's Adam Pecora here. Welcome to another Requiem for a Tuesday. And uh, good morning, or whatever it may be, wherever you may be, at whatever time it may be. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we got a big one for you. It is bright and early here in uh, beautiful Chicago, Illinois. Currently, at the time of recording, we got clear blue skies. And uh, I can't do David Lynch, so we're going to move on. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to this show before we get started. Uh, please, you know, goes a long way. We got Apple, Spotify. It's on fucking Stitcher, Google, all that shit. Anywhere, everywhere. YouTube, especially. We got the video special, episode 55. Uh, Wolf X music video for Home Invasion is on there. The whole EP. Uh, which you can all find linked in the description below. The music is there as well. Apple, Spotify, you know, Bandcamp, whatever you like. What's your flavor? Welcome to the candy store. Pick a flavor. Okay. You get it. Uh, what else? I don't know. I think that's it. I don't know. A lot of stuff. Check the links below. You can find out. Isn't that exciting? <sighs> now that we got that over with, I'm angry, ladies and gentlemen. What a shocker. I know. Whoever would have thunk it. But, uh, I don't know, people are wilding out here. You know what I mean? It's just the back and the forth. Yeah, yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up. Now you're probably thinking, what am I talking about? This could be anything. You know, we're talking about these goddamn... I can't believe we've 180 this hard, but we're talking about these pro-maskers out here. You know, people I know, maybe not personally, hopefully, you know, not to call anybody out, but there's a couple. <laughs> um, Some of which who I know for a fact are double-dosed with the Big Daddy Vax. And they're like posting these screen caps. Can you believe it? This is disgusting. Taking these masks off. What did you guys think was the point? I don't understand. Like you've just decided this is such a part of your identity that like your whole stance on being behind science just goes away. Like it doesn't make any sense, you know? It makes as little sense, eh, maybe not as little sense, but it makes I would say as little sense. You know what? I'm going to take back my take back. Fuck you guys. <laughs> it makes as little sense as the anti-people back in the day who are now correct. I would say long term, they had the right mentality at least. You know, go get your shots, obviously. Those dumb fucks. But also, if you don't, like, who cares? That's what I don't understand. This weird obsession with everybody else. It's like, have you lived your own life ever for one second? Please just want I don't I just don't get why everything turned into a whining everywhere. That's not what I signed up for. You know, I wanted to see cats being funny. I wanted to see people doing flips that you never could have imagined. You know what I mean? Just like I want to see a nice pair of jeans or whatever. Right. But it's just like everybody bitching about everything all the time on everything. You know, can there be one thing? Please, because now here I am <laughs> just making it worse. So you got to love that. Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense why you would be clung to something. Now, look, you're afraid for your health. I guess whatever. Sure. But it's just like, what's the what was the point? Did you think like, do you know what a vaccine is? And like what it like you're you're good now. That's the whole point, right? Like we're supposed to be behind this. I don't know. Just seems like a no brainer. But I mean, a lot of things seem like a no brainer. I don't know. Uh, Bill Burr was on Conan 
the other day, and he said something perfectly that I could very much relate to. Uh, the gist of it was everything I'm saying makes perfect sense in my head. So I guess that that is the struggle that we all face, that that's true for most people, and most people are wrong. So I guess that that's just where we're at. Bunch of idiots walking around thinking they're correct. I don't know. And it's just wild, like, it's, like people don't know like what's for what also makes me upset like why would you be like yo do you know where there's a gym near me like on in a video when you're just like a regular person who's going to get like basically no responses definitely not the responses you want let me tell you especially if you're an attractive woman you're not getting the replies you would like and i guarantee you won't be going to that gym uh, but like, that's literally why Google exists and like what that tool is for. Like you, like, would you use a hammer on a screw? Probably not. Right. So it's just like, just because everything is on the internet, it doesn't make the internet one resource, you know, like it has its own individual resources and it's like, how are we not aware of this? It's just weird that certain people need to be like told by somebody everything you know same thing goes but that's that's the thing right and then like that's your whole thing like i'm a rule follower right but then the rules change and you're like fuck these rules and it's like well we need consistency baby okay i don't know it's just like why don't why wouldn't you want to be back baby i don't get it you know you can stay inside all you want you know, you can wear your thing. Nobody's stopping you. Go ahead. But we back. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just wanted to get that out there. Let everybody know that, uh, you know, fucking relax for once. <laughs> please, please. Oh, boy. Well, you know. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> it's going to be a good summer. You know, we're going crazy. I don't want any of this. I just don't want it. I don't know. I woke up with way too much energy this morning. You know, that's how uh, you end up with the results that you are getting before you today. Bright and early. Amped. <laughs> and rightfully so. We got a big, big show today. Um, it's weird that we give different distinctions for, like, what is ultimately the same deal. That makes no sense. Uh, what I'm getting at is, like, you can find an album, right, that's a hidden gem. Now, the the easy thing is that there's more of them, so that would be a big reason why, like... You know, you can create dive and find some shit that like nine people are aware of anymore. You know, I get that. Um, but also it is hard to find like a hidden gem of like an album, like front to back. Like this is a great record that nobody has recognized. Like at this point, we're pretty much past that time, you would think. Um, but of course, like, you know, there's just so much. Cataloged period that that is still available on an individual level i guess whatever not the point and then you know the film version of that doesn't exist the same like they just get labeled as cult movies and i don't know i don't know how i feel about that because i don't know it just automatically makes it sound like oh you are just a you're part of whatever fan base of whatever thing. I don't know. It sounds like it's lumped. Like, why can't a movie be underground or what, whatever term we could use to compare the two? Because, I don't know. Like I said, it just doesn't feel right. I don't like, I don't really like the term cult movie because it doesn't apply correctly a lot of the time, I think. Like, because... The gist of what I'm getting at is that at this point, it's just used for, like, any movie that 
people hated when it came out and people liked it after. It's like, is that a cult movie or were you guys just wrong? You know, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, like The Room, like those are cult movies. They have like they have a following, you know, but just like fans of a movie. Isn't a cult following every time, you know what I mean? Why can't we just have some sleeper hits and da da da, whatever? Um, and I so also I have always wanted to find that movie, right? Like, what's the movie that people didn't really pay attention to? Maybe it didn't make a lot of money. Maybe it got shitty reviews. I don't know. Like, what was something somebody was wrong about that I can find? And typically in movies, it's way harder. The public and or the critics, like generally one of them is going to figure it out. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know that that could all there's no statistics behind that. But I just feel like think about any movie that like you really love. It probably either made a decent amount of money, at least compared to its budget and or decent critical score. But it's probably one or the other almost every time. And not that these movies uh, I suck out that I'm going to talk about today necessarily because of any stats either, right? Um, I guess I'll get into why I chose them when I get to them, but it does happen to be reflected at least somewhat. Um, But they're way harder to find, you know, which is sad. Because uh, you're either going to end up watching a lot of shitty movies or just watching, you know, what you would expect to watch. Um, and like I said, you know, it's a numbers game, too. Like, there's less movies and, like, movies have more of an incentive to, like, make money and be liked necessarily. You know what I mean? All those little factors, they're more commercially made. All these different goals, different things go on and on and on forever down the list. Uh, you are aware that movies and music are different. So I don't really need to explain that, hopefully. Who knows? You know, maybe nobody told you at any point that they're different and that you should separate them. You know, I know how you like to be told things. Just like on a side thing, just for another, like an other side of the rail thing, If you're, like, against the vaccine, and especially if your reasoning is, like, they're trying to kill people, it's, like, I understand that that your reasoning would also be that you don't believe in the virus, but, like, why would they fake a virus to give a vaccine that kills people? I guess that's pretty elaborate of a plan. That's kind of clever. But, you know what I mean? It's just, like, the virus could just do its job. You know, like, that's why the vaccine exists, is because there already is something killing people. You know, like with the mission successful, (laughs) if the goal is death, we made it, they did it. So anyway, thought I'd throw that little nugget in there. Um, But I watched a movie recently, finally, after a very long time, haven't seen it in who knows how many years, uh, One of the first movies I've ever seen or can, well, I take that back. One of the first movies I can remember ever seeing in a movie theater came out in the year 1999. I was four years old. Now, you could say that it's questionable for a four-year-old to be at this movie or the next movie that I'm going to mention here. Not the one that's the topic, but just the next one I'm going to mention. You'll see what happens. Don't worry. (laughs) uh what was i saying oh yeah um you might be saying like oh a youngster doesn't need to be at the theater i would say you know shut the fuck up anyone can do anything and like you know just fuck off (laughs) so anyway detroit rock city 1999 uh edward furlong of Terminator 2 fame, mostly. We don't need to get into that. You know, what a sad potential story. 
You know, I thought he could have been great. I thought he was great. You know, you know, there's moments in T2, sure, but it's like that's a kid. You know, most kids are terrible at acting. Um, on another side note, I just want to say, like, not entirely because there are a lot of bad examples, but the child star thing is almost a myth, though. Because, yeah, there's plenty of your Edward Furlongs, but... <laughs> Anybody who makes it out of the child star thing just loses the moniker. And so we act like there aren't any examples of successful ones. But it's like, you just wouldn't call Leonardo DiCaprio a child actor. But he was, you know, (laughs) like, think he turned out all right. Think things worked out pretty well for him. You know, anybody on that Mickey Mouse Club bullshit. Britney, you know, eh, I guess we could say that didn't turn out great. Sorry for her. Um, but you know what I mean? Like Gosling, Timberlake. That's a good list. You know, not everybody is Shia LaBeouf. Who I, you know what? I still kind of rep Shia LaBeouf. He's talented. <laughs> Sue me. But uh, yeah, so, I, you know, the child star thing. They exist. You know, you're just not one anymore you know, if if you did it right. So weird oversight, I think, that is being made. Um, but yeah, Edward, hope you're all right. You know, seems like he has gone through some pretty tough times, which is sad. Very good actor, though. Uh, he was also great in American History X, which came out the year before now filming may have taken a while i don't know all the production stats on either movie but uh boy edward Furlong looks hell of a lot better in american history x big gap just gotta say could have been intentional you know they play a bunch of stoners in detroit rock city and all that but i don't know it's tough and the performance he's still really good like he's really good I thought he was great in American history. I guess that's a better example to compare against T2. Like, if you want to say he wasn't that good in T2, look at him and just a little older, you know. But uh, I'm just saying, still a fan, you know, hoping he can turn it around. It's almost definitely too late. But I hope he's at least healthy and all right. And if uh, there's a glaring, obvious thing that goes against what I'm saying, I promise I'm not doing it facetiously. (laughs) So moving forward. Yeah, so the first movie I can remember seeing, there was nobody else in the theater, uh, which upon looking at the box office results of this movie makes sense. It made like $5 million. Now, for those of you who don't know, because you probably don't, this movie is, it was like a production done by KISS, the band, yes, but they're not really in it, like they're in it at the end, but it's like featuring all their memorabilia and blah, 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 and a lot of their music got licensed, and... It's just about young dudes in a band in the 70s trying to go see KISS. And it's a hell of a good time. Um, I liked the movie in the theater. I was four, you know, so I didn't fucking know really what was going on at all. We had it on VHS whenever that happened. Afterward, watched it pretty constantly for a while. And then I guess once the VHS kind of phased out, I just stopped seeing it. Hadn't seen it really since then. Kind of just put that together. Um, Was able to find a copy of the DVD. And uh, we were off to the races. I was thrilled. Now, this movie's fucking awesome. Okay? It has Sam Huntington in it, who I thought may have been Paul Dano. They look similar. (laughs) Um, Sam Huntington, got to say, less good than Paul Dano. In fact, retroactively, like, maybe it's the character's fault, but he was just the worst in the movie, like, he was just so much more over the top than everybody else. Whereas, I don't know, the other three guys kind of just kept it, they seemed like they were playing real characters and, like, real guys. I don't know, this show is also just, like, or this movie is, like, that 70s show, The Movie. Like, if they decided they were going to make, like, a rated R movie, maybe not the rated R elements of it, period, but, like, 
the general premise, like if they were to be like, we're going to jump that 70 show to the big screen, like what would the 90 minute thing be? Oh, we have to get to Detroit and tickets to the show. How do we figure it out? And it's just, we're off. Like I said, we're off to the races. Uh, great cast, you know, Natasha Leone, who I still love to this day. She's good in literally everything she's in. Like, I've never not liked her in anything. Ever since I saw this movie, American Pie, always loved her. Every time she shows up, it's a treat. Um, she's in that movie by Danny Perez, who works with Animal Collective. It's supposed to be really trippy. Still haven't seen it. It's probably not good, but that's fine. She's great. Uh, Lynn Shay, who you may know, plays the mom. Uh, so basically what happens is these guys, they're in a Kiss cover band. Like, they just really love Kiss, you know, which kind of sucks because Kiss isn't that great. But, you know, they're fine. And I'm sure in the sev- in the late 70s, like, yeah, that would have been dope. I could see it. It would have been definitely more. It would have been where I leaned. That's all I can say. Especially just based on the wardrobes. You know, I dress similar to how these guys were dressed today, which could say something about the accuracy of the costumes in this movie. But that's all right. Um, and the other guys are pretty much are unknown. Like one guy doesn't even have a page. And then the other guy, his name is Giuseppe Andrews. And from what I gather, he's just like a giant DIY guy after this movie and has done like a crazy amount of work. Which I kind of respect, and I may look into it. But I've said that for years, because I've uh, always been interested in this film. Uh, so basically, oh, so the intro is great. I've always loved the intro to this movie. So the mom, is she's just getting her wine on, ready to relax, put on a record, and they like hid a Kiss record in another record, and it's like, they show Im- like Christian imagery in the house, so you just kind of get the gist of her vibe. And then the Kiss record comes on. She freaks out, picks up the kid from band practice, and uh, she finds that he has tickets to the show in his pocket. She burns them. And boom. The, the movie just takes off. It's shot out of a cannon, which is a thing I always like. There's not a lot of setup. They're like, boom, we're these kids. We like Kiss. Here's the premise. Let's get going. And then immediately they're like, how do we get tickets? Boom, we got some. They win like a radio phone call thing, which comes back. Like this movie has good structure. It's well written. Like there's good characters. Good things happen. Like I said, the worst part about it really is that one guy with the Christian mom. But that's how the whole plot gets spearheaded. Um, but their interactions are so over the top. And then he has a subplot with a girl that I kind of think super bad ripped off. Um, like the girl that he has a crush on, like the interactions they have in class. I guess that's a pretty generic high school thing that happens. But she she just kind of looks similar to Becca in Superbad. So it just makes me think like, oh, did they see this and try to find that chick? Because also, where's Becca? Where's she been? You don't know. So. Just saying. And then they have like a whole thing in a confessional that's not, eh. Not that I'm like against the sin of that. It's just what, it's just not that great of a scene. It's the most unrealistic part of the movie because she's like moving and they happen to run it. It's a whole thing. It's the most movie part. Anyway. Yeah, so they just like immediately hit the road. They need to like steal a car. They need to break the kid out of uh, boarding school because the mom freaks out. Uh, what else happens? Yeah, then they just hit the road. They run into disco people. That's where Natasha Leone comes in. Then they get to Detroit. They get into a bunch of. They split up and then get into hijinks. It's just so entertaining. Everything just keeps happening fast, fast, fast. Not a long movie, you know, 90 minutes. Um, and it's well directed and all these shots are cool. The one character goes through like, uh, they don't do it like Benny Hill, like with that speed, but he's just like being chased by people through backstage cause he's trying to get in and he's trying to pretend he's a roadie, but security knows. And then there's like a back and forth and then he's like, Oh, uh, I'm on the wall. I'm on the vent. I'm blah, blah, blah. You know, those classic things when like you turn a corner and somebody's like 40 feet in the air somehow. It's one of those they do all so there's that like that humor going on but then at the same time 
Uh, like the dumb kid who wants to drop out, who's like the ultra stoner. He wants to rob a liquor store for money and like beat up kids. <laughs> so he's doing his thing. The other dude um, runs into his mom, who's like protesting the concert. So that's where that whole thing gets started. And um, Edward Furlong's character enters a male strip contest this is a very unrealistic thing that a male strip bar would be filled with women for amateur night but hey you know it's the 70s it's detroit there's a kiss show i don't know maybe that's a thing uh (laughs) but he gets fucking plastered so these are high school kids right so that's something you got to keep in mind because they don't really look it i guess but the 70s are weird you know Look at my dad's yearbook. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. What were you guys doing? (laughs) You know, were you working at the steel mill? What was going on when you were 14? Anyway. Uh, What was I saying? So he goes to amateur night at the strip club to try to win some cash. He gets hammered, throws up, fills up a pitcher before he starts. Uh, Shannon Tweed, Gene Simmons is the the chick, the playboy chick that he wouldn't marry or whatever that story is. Um, she was honestly really good. I thought like she was acting. I thought she nailed her little cameo. Uh, but basically she like seduces Edward Furlong cause he's like the out of place guy who's cute and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he strips and it's a good scene. Does it to strutter. Anyway, a lot of good music cues in this. You know, just 70s rock, whatever. It's not my cup of tea necessarily, but there's just good jams in there that, you know, fit the time and all this. And it's it's a good movie to kick back, relax, watch a lot of fun stuff happen, and listen to a lot of fucking jams. You know, it's a vibe event. And uh, they come up with a pretty good scheme in the end to end up getting into the show. And... Be- so, yeah, the whole movie is just we got a few hours to get to this show and get in and figure out all this. We got to do it. And they give enough details on this. There's also a weird they do like a and a John Hughes homage where they get chased through the high school also before they leave, which I would say that's the worst part of the movie. If you can get past that part, you'll be good because the security guard weirdly looks like a. Elvis at the time. I don't know why they did that. It doesn't add anything to the movie. And it just goes on a little too long. And then there's like a we hide in the bathroom, girls' bathroom scene. It doesn't linger too long and it doesn't get like creepy. Like it hasn't aged well, obviously. You know, just saying it. It sounds like it's a bad scene and it is a bad scene, but it's over really quick and they don't get like creepy with it really. Eh, a little, but you know, it could be a lot worse. Uh, so I would say that if you're going to watch it, just be aware that like once they leave the high school, that's really when it gets started. And it's just a good time after that. Uh, they get a priest high on mushrooms. And I don't know, but yeah, critically panned, made no money. I could see why it made no money, I guess. It appeals to a very, very, very slim thing. Because my dad didn't like it either. He wanted to see it because it's a Kiss movie. You know, but it's not. It's one of those bait and switches like that uh, Rosie O'Donnell, Demi Moore movie, whatever that is. People were pissed about that. And then that movie ended up like not being that bad, right? But it doesn't matter. It's almost like a similar thing. I don't know if that's the reason why this didn't do well. Might just be because it's just a stoner movie, technically, but I'm into it. I'm always into a thing where you can throw me into a world, don't give me a lot of backstory, let me just watch these people live. You know, like, let's just go. We don't need this thing, especially for a movie like this. And it ends up being, like, kind of a road movie, not really, kind of an adventure movie. It's one of those movies, again, where, like, a lot of things happen, and, like, the actual plot is either you could say it's really intricate because there's a million different things happening, or you could say it's nothing, you know. The movie's like one big MacGuffin. It's pretty sick. It's always what I'm into, <laughs> it seems. Um, But yeah, that movie's fucking awesome, and I highly recommend it. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, that movie made a lot of money 
after the fact on after the fact on uh, VHS DVD etc. I hope so. I hope a lot of listeners out there. I hope you guys love this movie too. And if you don't, I hope that you watch it. Because let me tell you, like, it's a good fucking time. You know, it's not dazed and confused. You know, it's not this like masterpiece. You know, it's not made by an auteur. It's a fucking, but it's a fucking fun, severely underrated movie that I love to this day. And could be my nostalgia for it, but I don't know. Like on the rewatch, I was like, this is way better than I even remembered. That's the biggest thing. It's that some of the parts that I liked before, I definitely didn't. Um, like I know that I fucked with like the that Christian character. Like I thought that he was good and he he isn't as good. Like I said, I'll openly admit the flaws. But uh Yeah, it is a Overall, it has aged incredibly well, and I wish there were more movies like it, and I wish that it were just more recognized and more popular, because it's fucking awesome. Um, and I guess also the thing between, like, albums and movies is, like, just with the broad appeal thing, like, it's easier for one person to just really fuck with an album, you know? And it's easy for, like, when there's a a bigger group of work, it's easy to pick through it. You know what I mean? Like, Volume 3 by Jay-Z, I would say, is easily his most underrated album. And there's a lot of hidden gems on there because, you know, the album doesn't get as much love. But, at the same time, like, compare it to one of the better ones and it's not. You know, (laughs) it doesn't hold up against Blueprint or Black Album or even, I would say even 444 at this point, you know, or Reasonable. You know what I mean? Like, go down the list. It's still further down the list, but then it's like, when you compare it to its evaluation, it blows it out of the fucking water. You know? Detroit Rock City should have a flipped Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, come on. It's like 40-something percent. Unbelievable. Where's the love? Get it? Um, and like, so similarly, this isn't the second movie in my, uh, underground cult, whatever list, but that same year. So the first two movies I basically remember seeing in theaters is that movie. And then the South Park movie, which South Park was a phenomenon at the time. And that's why that movie got made. But that movie also holds up incredibly well. Rewatch that again. Still absolutely one of the best musicals of all time i only like different musicals like that because they're easier to tolerate but i just i I remember it having more of an ending it just kind of ends you know they either ran out of money or time or just decide you know it doesn't like matter i guess because it's south park but that movie's so like big and epic like they really did translate it into a movie like beyond well and the concept is just brilliant like america going to war against canada over censorship like sign me up a million times for that idea it's so funny um but yeah i just remember the resolution being like crazy and i think like if they made that movie today it would have a way bigger budget obviously and there would basically just be like a massive ending i think i think that like just like the battle thing would just be way crazier because basically what happens is they just start fighting and then saddam and satan come and then it's just like ends like right then because they just bicker and then it's over kind of a weird thing didn't remember that just thought i would note viva la resistance um but yeah that was my 1999 first two movies i saw that i can remember and distinctly There were definitely people in the theater for the South Park movie. I can say that. Uh, So go check Detroit Rock City. Please do. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, we need to give movies like this the praises that they're due. Because, like, why why should this movie be forgotten? But it's like, you're going to go watch fucking Ant-Man? It's like, no, 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 no. That doesn't make any sense. You know, like, this is good. Trust me. Trust me. And it just fits, like, the the whole style of, like, late 90s, early 2000s comedy. Like, they, I don't know. They were just onto something. The pacing of it, there's something about it that they were just able to nail. And not that, I mean, I'm a big 
a fan of the Apatow era as well. So it's not like I think comedy died completely after, but I don't know. There's something about it. And there was just something about the way these movies would work where they would have a plot, but then there'd be a bunch of individual like sketches within the plot. I know I bring that up a lot, but it's just not a thing anymore. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. Maybe it's because so many people came from an SNL background, but not that this movie had anything to do with a thing like that. So maybe I'm just talking in circles about it. Can't really say. Um, Now, this next movie, moving on, that I wanted to discuss with myself, because that's rational and normal, and this is all rational and normal. Um, Now, this movie is cut from a much different cloth. So this is made by, this was made by a much more recognizable, uh, I guess, crew. I don't want to say overall, but so writer-director David Kapp. It was also written by John Camps. (laughs) That's funny to me. Uh, (laughs) But David Kapp, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. And honestly... I'm not going to front like I should know it. So I'll straight up be like, I didn't recognize this name. But my lead in is going to be, you might not have right. Re- you might not recognize that name because I didn't either. Um, immediately in his description, Kep is the ninth most successful screenwriter of all time in terms of box office receipts with a total gross of $2.3 billion. So my point is that this movie's not made by Adam Rifkin, who sounds like it's a guy who's made stuff you've seen before, and then you look and you haven't. And Detroit Rock City's just this weird anomaly with a good cast and all this. Um, Also, I just got to say, compared to Kiss's movie, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, uh, check that out (laughs) if you haven't. I got to say, they did a much better job with that film effort. Anyway... So David Kapp, you may say, oh, what movie has he written and or directed, right? Let me go through the list. So I'm just going to name the big ones. Uh, Let's start with Jurassic Park. Pretty big one. (laughs) Uh, Carlito's Way. Boom. Let's see. Mission Impossible. Jesus Christ. The Lost World. Well, that makes sense. He wrote Panic Room. Still haven't seen it. I'm sorry, David Fincher. Um, I finally, finally saw the girl with the dragon tattoo, by the way, and I watched it twice. What a fucking God Fincher on that run, like his 09 to 2012 little run. (sighs) Fucking heat. I think Benjamin Button is like in between like social network and dragon tattoo or something, which hurts. I could be wrong about that, though. I hope I am. Anyway. We'll do another Fincher deep dive another day, because God, I just love that man. What a talent. So back to David Cap after Panic Room. He does a little movie called Spider-Man. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, this guy is incredible. I'm talking Sam Raimi, you know, the original, the best. To this day, those the first two are two of the best superhero movies ever made, and that used to be a bold or a big not that big of a statement because there weren't that many really but now there's so many and it just holds up more and more every single day secret window also directed never saw it that was that johnny depp movie jesus christ is this real this list is insane (laughs) as i'm looking at it secret window war of the worlds that movie wasn't great tom cruise whatever but it was a big deal i don't know if anyone remembers but as a 10 year old it was like holy shit this movie's massive uh zathara me and george talked about this i don't know if we did it on the episode or not but the space jumanji which uh he reported back is indeed another hidden gem i will be watching it at some point especially now that i know this fucking guy is attached after that he does crystal skull which i will say is underrated really just anytime anyone says anything i'm like let me think the other way like what's going on on the other side and i just do it i wouldn't say that i'm a contrarian though because i don't want to disagree but my immediate response to everything is you're probably an idiot and i don't trust you you know 
And half the time, motherfuckers be just saying shit. So, <laughs> anyway, Angels and Demons, I think that that movie's supposed to be terrible. But Cash, good for him. Uh, then this movie, Premium Rush, we'll get to that. Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. I don't know if that's good. I think that's Krasinski. But I don't know. They've made so many Jack Ryans that I can't even keep track. There's a whole lot of Jack Ryan, so I don't know who's in that. Mordecai, pretty sure that was a piece of shit Johnny Depp movie. Ooh, The Mummy, the new one, pretty sure that was a piece of shit. So this guy's career might be ending soon. <laughs> uh, you Should Have Left. He made a horror movie, Kevin Bacon, Amanda Seyfried. Ooh, it's Blumhouse. See? Mixed reviews, okay. Anyway... That list has a lot of heavy, 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 heavy hitters, right? So you would think, well, why isn't Premium Rush one of those heavy hitters? I don't know, okay? I'll say this. The direction in this movie isn't great. You know, the, the camera work and, like, style of it, it's filmed pretty basically. I don't really know how else to put that. Um, They do cool stuff with graphics, though, and motion and editing where so for those who don't know again i guess i should provide backstory premium rush is david Capp's movie about joseph gordon levitt being a bicycle messenger in new york city uh he gets a thing that is labeled premium rush aka you know like you got two hours you have to go up and down manhattan in two hours uh, he is being chased by Michael Shannon, who I didn't know was even in this movie going in. Loved that pleasant surprise. And that's basically it. The guy wants his package. He's on a bike. He's fast. You know, he's good. Um, this movie does a lot of cool things where it calls back a lot of 80s archetypes i would say but just like the protagonist villain relationship and this one's more of the light-hearted version where they're like kind of buddies and they basically just like don't like it. not even kind of buddies but there's no like i'm trying to kill you like i'm trying to slash your tire and like do this where it's like holy shit that's just some guy like he needs to be in a mental institution he's actually like a real character his rivals is like his rival you know what i mean he like wants to take more of the delivery jobs from him. He wants to fuck his girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like they just they're just guys who don't like each other. It's a normal thing. Um but they they have like this rivalry. They go back and forth. They're trying to like get this package to the place, but like the rival guy doesn't know what's going on, so whatever. But it has like a lot of those relationships and he's like trying to take his girl, like I said. Da 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 da. So it's like a throwback movie in, like, the bones of it. But it's like a thriller that takes place on bikes in Manhattan. So it's a completely unique concept in that sense. Now, there may be movies about bike messengers, sure. But this was done overall right. I think the only reason it didn't continue was it didn't make much money. Basically broke even. It says budget's 35. It made 35. Who knows? Marketing and all that. Probably lost some cash. Maybe aftermarket made some, but either way, you know, they're not going to make a sequel. Now, I'm going to nitpick. So th that's basically the story. That's all I got to say. But they do things where, like, he they show him analyze the split-second decisions he has to make, like running red lights and all this. And they do a cool thing where they show, like, the probability of each move. And... I don't know, it's very like pre-Zombie Land, where Zombie Land was very like interactive with motion graphics and text and all of that, which I love as a graphic designer, like seeing the good use of things like that, like gets me hard. I'm so gay for that shit. Um and they do cool play with like Google Maps and stuff where it like interweaves in and out of the phone and onto the screen and you know, it shows you how long ETAs and all this cool stuff. Like, it just does cool stuff with, like, navigation and camera work and that aspect. I just think, like, the chase scenes, they're not filmed in a way that it's, like, very exciting. They're a little bland. Um, now, they're not filmed 
in a way to where you can't even tell what's going on, which is my least favorite thing about a chase scene. It's just disorienting cuts of a car being fast. And it's like, well, you guys clearly didn't plan this out very well because nothing's happening as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Michael Shannon, of course, is always great. Um, just Gordon Lovett's girlfriend. I don't know her, the actress's name, but she played Alex in the later seasons of Entourage. Shout out. And yeah, not a lot of recognizable people other than Lovett and uh, Shannon. And they did it right. Like the 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 story they kept loose. Um, you got to deliver this package. This guy wants it. Why does he want it? He's a gambling man. Okay, whatever. Like. It doesn't matter. And they knew that it didn't matter, right? And they told the story in a very interesting way. They didn't go linear. Why? Because what's the linear story of this? Somebody calls the place and gets a package. Well, actually, not even. The backstory is this guy has a gambling problem. Then the package, then blah, blah, blah. But anyway, my point is the first 20 minutes of this movie would be no bikes, no action. So they smartly cut this movie into a non-linear story. And it stays interesting the whole time because they know that the plot is pointless. So any scenes with just dialogue are not that interesting. They keep them all very short and quick and they keep them intercut in between sequences of the guy on the bike. You know, so the music cues are kind of whack, blah, blah, blah. Basically, what I'm trying to get at is this movie Unlike Detroit Rock City, where that's just a complete hidden gem, this movie's a hidden gem, but also possibly because it missed a lot of opportunities. Now, the things that I like about it are super cool and unique, and I wouldn't change those. So overall, like, it's a win. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, like, better music, you know, if there was some kind of, like, techno-electric score as he's, like, I'm literally bobbing my head as I'm doing it right now. Like, as he's riding through Manhattan doing crazy shit, like, that would be cool. You know, it doesn't have to be Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, you know? Like, obviously it would be ideal to have something like that in everything, but I don't know. Even if it wasn't that, like, whatever genre you want to pick, I don't know. They just didn't use music in a way that they could. Like, this movie very easily could be a, like, sit back and watch this dude go fast and, like, we're chilling, let's get high, let's do this, blah, 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 like... It just could have been even more exciting than it was. Now, you're getting me wrong if you think that... I'm just trying to nitpick here. It's a good movie. Um, I think that Gordon Levitt was a mistake. He has no charisma. I don't think he's a very good actor, period. And he's not in any kind of shape. He's just, like, thin in this movie. And his rival is, like, a 6'3". He looks like a wide receiver in the NFL. He's, like, a giant black guy who is... Like, they literally bring up his thighs because they're that massive. Like, the actor's thighs meet the script. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is a fucking tank of a man. And just the idea that Joseph Gordon-Levitt could beat him in a race, even on a bike, even if his bike is better, which they basically say his bike is shitty. He's like a soul biker. He's like, no ch no gears, no brakes, all steel. He had like a catchphrase. So that was also where the 80s thing came in, right? They tried to give it all these little tropes where like they gave him a catchphrase. They gave the other guy like the opposite style of bike to show like, oh, look, these guys conflict. And then he's like talking to his girl about it. And she's like, why do you risk your life like this? Like people. And he's like, I do it for the rush. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, like, did you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain that, but just that whole vibe of uh, daddy knows best or whatever. I do it for the passion. He's just in it for the money. You know, you call this shit. Not that he's not in it for the money, but they do all that. There's good comedic elements. You know, it never takes itself too seriously. And yeah, I don't know. Basically, I wish it was Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum obviously is a fucking monster physically and he's more charming he's funny like he's great honestly Channing Tatum one of those guys who broke out of his bad rep of being just like this heartthrob and that's it you actually see him work and he's fucking awesome uh it's the Robert Pattinson effect I would say how could anyone have liked Robert Pattinson though you know in like 2006 
he didn't like it. You know, <laughs> it's just just made sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the the dream scenario would be this movie gets remade with like Steven Soderbergh <laughs> and fucking Channing Tatum. And I don't know. Yeah, like there there's there's missed opportunities in here, and also like. It could be anything. So the thing was, this guy has a gambling thing, and he wanted to take money from a student who was a Chinese student who needed to wire a bunch of money through Chinatown to import her child. You know, and I I don't know. I can't speak to communist China. Maybe it is hard to just bring your kid over. I don't know. I think also the thing was that she was just on a visa, so that was a part of it. They they bring it up and it gets blocked for. But anyway, the point is it doesn't matter. Like the the movie is the guy's chasing the guy on the bike. The reason isn't that important, and I'm glad that they understood that. Um, because the reason they came up with wasn't that great. Like they, I guess they just didn't want it to be drugs, so they're like, what do we come up with? Because the easy thing would be to have it be drugs or. It, that's the beauty of this movie. Is the point that I wanted to get at. It's sad that this was a one-off thing. That's why this is the big part, the big inclusion in the underrated gem thing. Because I just think the opportunity here is vast. It's a way to do a lot of chases, a lot of action stuff, but you can do it on bike if you just film it fast, make it look quick, good cuts. You can save a lot of money, and it's more interesting. You know, car chases don't happen. So I don't know, like, there's only a a level to which you can watch them and be impressed. Like, they have to be done really well, otherwise it's just a, you know, we're just killing time here. Um, And I don't know, I just think, like, the level of stories you can tell, you know, it's it's the high-maintenance thing, right? There's an infinite number of stories you can tell with a guy riding around New York City on a bike. Um, So the maintenance, or, sorry, not high-maintenance, but the premium rush thing... One, if the characters were more interesting, like I said, not Joseph Gordon-Levitt, that would have been a big factor. Now, he still did a good job for what it was. And overall, like, this movie's good, and I really like it. Just need to say that. Uh, And you should watch it. I think it should be more popular. It definitely is a gem. Um, I don't know. I just see all the potential there. You know, you could do a million plots, a million villains. You could change in and out who the messengers are and aren't, different locations, blah, blah, blah. Like, if you wanted it to be, like, a film series, you know, you could do a Tokyo Drift. Like, it could be set, basically, in any major city if you wanted. Uh, you know, you can get as specific and change as much or as little as you want. And, yes, it would be formulaic, I get it, but there'd be ways to cut it different, do things different. I think it would mostly be a good show. Um, I just want movies to be back. I'm, I'm tired of like realizing like, yeah, everything could probably be a good show, but everything doesn't need to be a show too. like movies still need to exist and be good. It's, it's very sad to see them going away. So I don't know, but I would love to see like, if there was like fucking six of these, they just cranked them out like John Wick's, you know what I mean? We just bike movies. I don't know. Not that that's, like, a thing that I think should be in demand. I'm saying it was that well executed, like, to an extent that there's a lot of potential in what it is. And it's something that's slightly different, but is the same. It's the same story repackaged in a way that's worth watching, you know? And it's just, it's interesting to, like, what you'd be able to come up with with getaways and, like, people going down alleys and one-way streets and bike lanes and all this. And I just think, like... You know, there's a prime market for new stunts to be coordinated, and this is a way to do it. Like, if you want to get creative, like, use a new vehicle, you know? Because at a certain point, like, how many chase scenes can we come up with anymore, even? You know? Like, look at what Nolan... Not that, you know, that's a good example. He's obviously always going high concept. But, like, the car shit and Tenant, that's unbelievable. But not everybody can do that. Not everybody's going to have $150, 250000000 million dollars to stage scenes like that. So it's just like, I don't know. Cause this could also be done. I could, it doesn't need 35 mil. Like this was clearly such a big studio thing and it didn't have to be, 
So I, I just see a lot of potential here, the things that could be done. And you could do you could expand on this. You could completely abandon it. You could go to a completely different, like I said, city, a different bike messenger service. You know, you could almost do Cobra Kai. You could do the rival ones. You can expand upon it as much as little as you want. You could get into their lives at home if you wanted. Whatever. You know, and then the thing could be drugs. The thing could be this. The thing could be that. Like on a show, there could be episodes where things are normal and then that's when you get into their extra lives. But I don't know. I'm I'm glad I found like an avenue. Like it's got me excited and perking with ideas. But obviously this movie came out... Let's see. How many years ago at this point? Jesus. It's more than I think. 2012. So, I mean, it's over, most likely. You know, it, IP comes back like crazy at this point. But uh, I don't know if this one will. Um, but this would have been great in theaters, I can only imagine. Uh, Michael Shannon is great as always. He was a little over the top and doing a little bit of a weird thing, but that's him. Um... And yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, those are two movies you should see. If you haven't, they're underrated and didn't do that well. Now, I will say, to clarify, Premium Rush, the reception of it was good, right? Rotten Tomatoes, 74%. Average, 6.3 out of 10. Metacritic, 66 out of 100. Roger Ebert, three and a half stars. So, like... It got a little, it got most of the love it deserved. I would say that's a pretty solid rating. You know, I I think that it had the potential to be a higher thing than that, but that's pretty much spot on. So, again, just like budge, like in its box office, it didn't really reflect that. That's why I brought that up earlier. Both of these movies don't have, don't have the same problem necessarily. Um, but I, I would just say that, you know, it definitely got swept under the rug. I, The backstory of me wanting to watch this was just remembering that it exists. You know, I wish this one had, like, a nice backstory like Detroit Rock City that made it a little more uh, lined up to be on this list. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it just came back to me, and I was like, let's do it. Found a cheap copy, off to the races yet again. That's the phrase of the episode, I guess. I don't know. I hope that doesn't come become part of my vocabulary. I'm just constantly saying off to the races. You ever do that? You ever just keep repeating a phrase and you hate that you're doing it and you can't stop doing it? It's terrible. So please check out Premium Rush. Talk to me about it. You know? Let's get let's get nuts. You wanna get nuts? Let's get nuts. That was my Costanza. Let me know what you think in the comments. (laughs) So I don't know. uh, If you hear any uh, talk of a premium rush reboot or any type of series, regardless of whether or not they use that name or IP, uh, please remember you heard it here first and they have stole my idea. So let's get me some lawsuit money as soon as humanly possible. Whew. And I'll talk to you next week. Um, heads up. We're probably banking episodes. So I don't know if there's, my point is, is that there's any like major talking points that maybe you would think everybody would be discussing on any medium you are listening to. If you're a present day listener, then know that that is why that happened. Because we got to bank a couple going out to Colorado, vacay style, no road sodas this time. Um, so that's in two weeks. So next week, maybe, a, a, you know, the next two weeks may be like out of touch. And uh, if you're one of my millions of future listeners, you can completely ignore this statement. Uh, and uh, but at any point in time, listeners, past, present or future. Please rate, review, subscribe to Requiem for Tuesday. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Do it all. Just do it on all of them. 
You know, you don't got to necessarily listen to it on all of them, I don't think. Set to auto-download, you know what I mean? Help your boy out. YouTube, subscribe to that. We got the video episode, 55. You know, some people do it every week. Watch that one, you'll get the idea. <laughs> you'll see me, I'm there. Um, Multiplex, WolfX, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp. And, uh, yeah, all linked in the description below, as always, making stuff for you. The summer's coming. We're back. Uh, if you're bitching about people being free again, and, uh, that, that was a bad way to put it, I guess. <laughs> Not that it was ever a freedom. We don't need to do that. But anyway, take your fucking mask off and grow a fucking pair of balls and let's have a good fucking time. All right. I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Calc you later.